0: As an election, it looks like the good old days. It looks like somebody won, they won clearly, they won the electoral college, they won the popular vote, they won the major demographics, they, they showed strong pickups in some of the important emerging demographics. Uh, but we live in this crazy you know, split country right now where uh, that democracy looks like it has for 200 years is making
1: people nervous. Hi there, it's WAMC News Director Ian Pickus. And on this episode of the WAMC News Podcast, we're going to dive into the election numbers. What happened and why? I'll speak with Jim Hendler, Tetherless World Professor of Computer, Web, and Cognitive Sciences at RPI. Jim, you've been crunching the numbers on uh, the election results so far. And before we talk about what happened in the election, uh, could you define what that means when we say crunching the numbers?
0: Sure. That's a great question, because we're really talking about several different things. So first of all, there are numbers that come in that we can be pretty sure about. So if you go to a site that tells you how many votes were won by one candidate or the other, and then those get divided up by state, you know, so we have national state and can even go down to the county level. So those we know what votes were reported, and those are the votes that are used by the states in making their official decisions. And so one of the things we can do is look at those numbers and say how do they compare to each other versus what we saw in previous years? How how do those show us differences? Sometimes we look at things that look at the difference between how people voted for president and how they might have voted for senator. And of course we can't look at individuals. What we're looking for at there is, you know, sort of a whole state or a county. Then we have what are called exit polls. And like most polls, they're very dependent on the people who talk to them and they work. But a lot of the information we get about, for example, what issues were on people's minds, right? We don't have a way to measure that directly so people get asked. And then there's some stuff that's kind of in the middle. So for example, um, all of Albany County would show up as one number. But we know sort of demographically how many people in Albany County are African-American, how many are white, how many come from other ethnic groups. And so if we could get down to the level of actually knowing how people voted in one part of the city, you know, say West Hill versus, versus some of the suburbs or things like that, we would be able to do a better job of really telling some of the demographic stuff, but we can do that as a whole by, again, crunching these numbers, by looking at patterns across a whole city, a state, and that's easier in the big cities and suburbs than it is in the uh, rural areas. And finally, there's uh, you know kind of wild guesses that people make, and that's based on sort of just looking at trends and saying, you know, there's really not something here statistical. Something where the the math tells us what's going on, but we see something that looks interesting and our intuition tells us something. And unfortunately, when when we talk about what data reveals, we don't always differentiate those three things. So what we're sure about, what's based on what people tell us, which always has that human factor, and then what's based on our intuitions from those numbers.
1: I just want to get this question out of the way here. You didn't see any irregularities in your analysis that would lend any credence to what the White House has been saying about massive fraud or, you know, late changing votes, that kind of thing.
0: No, if, if anything, just the opposite. Um, this year's numbers compared to the numbers from four years ago look much more like a normal pattern. The people who are complaining don't like what the pattern looks like but when we do certain kinds of comparisons in 2016 some very odd things showed up and again the assumption is that that had more to do with changes in voting patterns uh than actual fraud but in in and Some of it may have had to do with suppression in a couple states, but this year we really saw very little of that in the numbers, and and the only states I saw it in are tiny states that wouldn't affect the election anyway, and the the numbers weren't really significant the way they were four years ago. So there's nothing in the data that would cause someone to think anything was wrong in this election.
1: Doing the post-analysis, as you've been doing in the last few days, what's your opinion of Uh, the state of polling? Because we're having this debate for the second consecutive presidential election about why the pre-election polling differed uh, so much from what happened on Election Day.
0: Yeah, you know, this is one of those things where the numbers help us with intuitions, but they don't really answer the question. And of course, a lot of people are going to be spending a lot of time and money trying to answer that question. But most of us think there's a couple different things that happened. One is polls are always um, essentially statistical. The more people we we ask from a larger population, the better we do. right? So obviously, if you called everybody and you asked them and you got an honest answer, you'd have a perfect poll. But that's not going to happen. So we're always guessing. So how many calls do we have to make to how many people... In what kind of play? I say we here. I'm not a pollster, but um, and then you know how the questions are asked can approve things. But polls are are very blunt instruments. So you know, I'll give you an example. One of the things that um, people are very curious about is what happened with the Jewish vote in this year's election. And depending on which of the two most definitive polls from the past you look at, one of them says it was about 24 percent. Trump and the other one's thirty one 31. so that's a big difference and it It seems like it has more to do with who they asked, but also who answered and whether the people who answered them trusted them so again, the polls have have these two parts what who the pollsters call, but who gives them the answer so there's been this myth that you know the maybe the Trump voters are shy, they don't want to say they're voting for Trump, but of course. Um, most of us who know Trump voters don't find them to be shy and unwilling. But one of the things that, sh- that people now believe has been a real factor the past few years is – so if you called someone up and said, hi, I'm calling from WAMC radio, we think that because the media has taken such a beating, you would, be ha- you would have a lot of people on both the far right and the far left who would say, I don't trust the media, I'm not going to answer your questions. So we think maybe what's happening is just that the patterns of how people are answering is is making a difference. This year, most of the pollsters I've talked to think the big difference was we've never seen mail-in votes like this before. So anything that changes how people do something makes it so the kind of samples we picked might be changed. So as an example, the number of elderly people who voted in Florida was much higher this year than in past years, hmm. right? Was Why was that? Well, I mean, there could be a lot of explanations, but one that a lot of people believe is so many people were voting by mail that it just became sort of they, they said to their friends, you should do it too. So, so, in you know, if you're 90 years old and living in a home, it's hard to go to a polling place, and maybe you haven't been voting, and now some of the other people in the home are saying, hey, we can all do this by just mailing in, right? States like New York, where it became easier to get mail-in ballots and it got easier to vote early, we saw some definite s- small changes in trends. But again, they they seem to indicate that... A lot of people who haven't voted in the past voted, and of course they weren't sampled because we didn't know who they were, and the pollsters didn't know who they were. So again, there's all these different factors, and uh, you know we often we often say in 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 the data crunching world that the data, you know, behaves as the people who don't. <laughs> I think that's what's happening with polling.
1: Is there any? in your analysis uh, any credence to the idea that president trump kind of hurt himself by casting so much doubt on mail-in balloting because it seems that overwhelmingly the votes that came in through the mail early voting uh, favored joe biden in many key states so it
0: does appear to be the case but again that's one of those where we'll never know for sure Mm -hmm. but if you look at the states which have traditionally had mail-in voting have had it for a long time and you know, heavily used it um, Trump generally did better in the mail in votings than he did nationally. When you look at states that added it or increased it, you did indeed see it tended to go democratic now, I haven't seen a lot of evidence, and we're just getting the numbers on the mail in votes, so it's a little hard- you know we're just starting to get some of those, and not every state has it but it does look like. Mostly in the blue states, the mail-in ballots were a lot heavier for Biden. In the red states, they were less for Trump than the regular vote was. But that doesn't mean they were for Biden. So definitely lots of Republicans voted uh, either by mail or
1: early. So you said 2016 was kind of a fluky outcome. Uh, You know, we know Hillary Clinton was favored to win the election, but a lot of dominoes fell a certain way. And she ended up losing on the strength of, like, 70,000 votes across three states in the end. Uh, why is this election outcome more, quote-unquote, boring, in in your view?
0: So, in fact, you and I discussed this four years ago. Um, what we saw in 2016, very early on we saw it in the numbers, and eventually it became the the perceived wisdom, was that... It really wasn't so much that Trump brought out so many more rural voters. He did, but what really made the difference was people from cities, and even more importantly, the suburbs around the cities, not voting for Hillary. That doesn't mean they voted for Trump. It either means they didn't vote, or they voted for a third party. And when you sum up — so something that's very unusual to see in an election, is when Senate races get more total votes in a state than presidential races. So typically you would expect that there are some people who go in and they mark their ballot for the president and then don't bother with the rest. That's been happening for 100 years. But what you very rarely see is – somebody who doesn't vote for the president and then votes for senators and and house seats and things like that we saw a lot of evidence in 2016 that particularly in michigan wisconsin and pennsylvania the three states that really made the biggest difference in those three states there was significant evidence that there were a lot of people who, who voted for the senators of their party but did not vote for a presidential, either made no presidential vote or voted for a third party. So that was a very unusual thing to see, you know, at at such a national level in such critical states. And furthermore, if you compare the, what happened in the in the, there were five states that changed, for, versus what happened in other states. Those five states stuck out in terms of some of the the statistics we use and I won't I won't drill down on that but that under the thing I just described is one example this year in none of the none of the states where things changed do you see an unusual voting pattern now by unusual here I don't mean that you know did people who are usually democrats vote for republicans or think I mean did we see cases where historical Things such as more people voting for president than senator happened. And the answer is really not at all. We really saw very clean election results. So you'll hear people talking about terms like overvote and undervote and saying, look at all the overvote this year. You know, that's signs fraud. No, overvote is a sign that things are normal. What was unusual four years ago is that we had what's called undervote.
1: So uh, big picture, what's the... What's the lesson of this election, in your view? What's the data telling you about, you know, why people voted the way they voted?
0: You know, I I think the most interesting thing about this election is that there's really very little interesting about this election in terms (laughs) of the numbers. So traditionally, incumbents parties pick up seats in the House and Senate during um, during. Elect you know during presidential years, with the exception that when it changes, sometimes the party of the non-incumbent you know picks up some seats. So we did indeed see the Democrats pick up a couple of seats. Now people were disappointed because they thought there might be this huge blue wave like we saw in 2018, and instead what we saw was the Republicans picked up a few House seats. The Democrats picked up a couple Senate seats. It may or may not be enough, depending what happens in Georgia. But but whatever happens, the you know, the Democrats will end up with more senators than they had going into the election, which would be typical of an election where um, the Democrat wins. And again, similarly, we see that there'll be a a few Republican pickups. And, you know, we don't know the total numbers, both at the state levels and the federal level. And of course, that's not uncommon. uncommon in a year where you had an incumbency advantage to the republicans so um you know you can pick and you can pick and choose and there's some interesting numbers here the other thing is numbers are sometimes very complicated to explain you know my my favorite one this year is both parties are saying they improved with respect to white male voters now, why is that the, at the presidential level? You know, so if you and I were running for something, Ian, and you know
1: let's hope that doesn't happen. Votes,
0: <laughs> you got 80 votes, I got 20 votes, so I got 20 percent of the vote, right? The next year, um, you got 150 votes, and I got 50 votes. I now actually improved my percentage, but you improved the number of votes. So which of us benefited? Right, So I could claim I made inroads into the Ian crowd, and you could say, but I got more votes, and we'd both be right. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what we see in several different demographics. There are some demographics which, which seem pretty clear, and again, as I keep saying, demographics are much less precise than some of these other numbers. But for example, black women, many more of them voted, and many more of them voted for Biden then had voted for Hillary. So we can see clear difference there. And then the other really big thing is um, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. It's the suburbs around the cities where Hillary lost, and it's the suburbs around the cities where Biden won.
1: So if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're saying is the narrative that, uh, you know, Trump showed gains in some key demographics that Democrats traditionally do better with which is to say uh, Latinos, specifically in Florida, and then um, African-Americans, that may be true that Trump improved in those cases. But if more of those people voted, more of them voted for Biden.
0: Yes. And also you had to you have to dissect those things carefully. So, again, you know, we know um, in Florida, the Cubans clearly were more of the Latinos, uh, you know, in Texas, it's a more of a mix of different backgrounds. In Arizona, it seems like both Latinos and, and, Amer- and uh, Native Americans actually came out in larger numbers, and that made some differences. Um, so there's there's that kind of thing. What we did see, is, and, and then the other thing is, you know, how you break things up. So when you go to uh, overall black vote, Um, African-American vote, you definitely see improvement for Biden. When you divide that up male-female, yes, Trump actually increased in the percentage of black males. So, again, that would be like me getting a little bit more of your votes. But uh, it wasn't a huge amount. And, again, because more of them voted, even though that percentage went up, the total number of votes still seemed to favor Biden, and, and that's probably true also in some other things. The other place where we saw that play out a lot was in white women and particularly white women in the suburbs. There, you definitely saw a demographic trend that was very positive to Biden. And again, the, but, but we think it's mostly people who didn't come out for Hillary as opposed to winning over Trump voters, although there may have been some of that too.
1: So based on the GOP gains in the House and the fact that the Senate is much closer than uh, maybe Democrats were hoping heading into election day, heading down uh, to Georgia for two runoffs now, uh, how much of this is just that, you know, Trump was a historically unpopular candidate to head a ticket? I mean, it's very unusual for Americans to vote out a first term president, um, especially in the last you know few decades. And we know his popularity in public polling was never really above uh, 40 percent or so.
0: Yes. So, you know, again, what I actually expected when I started looking at the numbers was that there would be some pretty clear evidence that there were a lot of Republicans who voted but didn't vote for Trump. And frankly, I don't see enough of that to feel comfortable saying that's true. Okay. There's definitely a few counties. There's definitely some places where Republicans made gains, um, you know, in House seats and things like that, where that shows up. But again, many of those are places where you had more Republicans coming out. So it's really hard to tell. And part of that, that of course, is because if everybody in America voted, right, then 40 percent would lose you in an election. If half the people in the country vote and more of the people who are in that smaller percentage vote, then you can do better. And that's what Trump did last time. This time, Biden got both the electoral vote and the popular vote at the kind of numbers you would expect. So being ahead five or six million um, popular votes would typically translate into a fairly large electoral victory and and that's what we saw this year, so where people are saying that looks odd it's really again last year was last presidential was the outlier. The other thing I think caused some uh misperceptions, and I must you know admit having been on round table people can can check me out and see that I've been making the same mistake. You know, a lot of us in 2018 saw the the gains by Democrats and thought, oh, you really are seeing a, a big trend here. But in fact, if you go back historically, a president's party usually loses some House seats in the midterms. And if the president is either unpopular or controversial, you see more of that.
1: Yeah, we know Obama lost a lot of seats in the House in 2010 midterms, and that that kind of torpedoed his agenda.
0: Yep. Yeah, and, you know, again, I think if Biden—well, Biden Biden has won, won, once that becomes real and and legal and and acknowledged. I do think that Biden having won, and, you know, that will be—now the numbers make—with Arizona having been declared for him and Georgia looks pretty certain— you really are going to see in 2022 a much harder fight by the democrats to take to keep the house and that would not be unusual right because because again there, there there's reasons and po- political scientists talk about this all the time The the data won't answer why that happens but there is some evidence that people in america really prefer not to have the president the senate and the uh the house of representatives all in the same camp and you know they they really do seem to like the checks and balances there was clearly some anger at the uh republicans for changing the the rules on the supreme court votes there was clearly been there was clearly some anger expressed again this is all exit polling data so it's not precise at um democrats having overreached with the impeachment so it it's a it's a complicated world out there and we are definitely a split country i mean there's really no question about that but if i think if hillary had won in 2016 or even more uh so if mitt romney had won in um 12, 2012 yeah. and this had been so if this had been the end of the romney uh era I think the election that you saw play out in the past couple of weeks would look absolutely normal except for obviously the covid aspects of it and that really didn't even seem to if if anything we had more people voting than ever before because mail and early voting became more popular um, so so again the the abnormality in some ways was that the Trump administration really came in with this very different kind of way of doing things and there were clearly Republicans who were not thrilled with that at some point, but then when the presidential came around they still want, you know, a Republican government and, you know, we don't have a lot of choices. You either get Trump or no one in, in the uh, way our elections work.
1: Uh, I just have one more question for you, and uh, that is the popular vote. You know, Democrats have won seven out of eight popular votes uh, in presidential races, although they haven't won the White House every time. We remember 2000 and 2016, of course. What does that tell you about the way America votes going forward?
0: You know, it really tells us less about how America votes and more about where the votes are the mm-hmm. and and how the Electoral College Works, You know, one of my one of my colleagues who does a lot of this math said, you know, here's something interesting. North Dakota being a state gets three electoral votes. That's the minimum you can have. So does South Dakota. If South Dakota and North Dakota were one state. Right. Their total population, they still only would have three electoral votes. So in a sense, it's not so much the electoral system necessarily, because you could make arguments either way. So if you went to the popular vote, only several big states would have huge impact. Although, frankly, I don't think it's as advantageous to the Democrats as some people think, because Florida and Texas are also very big. But... um, you would definitely see an advantage there just there's a lot more registered democrats in the country. Oh, one one trend we did definitely see this year is Biden won the independents. I mean, that's that's pretty unquestionable. Um places where you saw how many people were registered as republicans, place how many were independent and how many were democrats. The total number that Biden won required democrats plus independents. Um significantly more often than Trump did. Um, You know, I think the answer is you could do things to the Electoral College that might make it more sensible. You know, people like to point out that, you know, the, you know, some small number, I I forget, it's it's either the 12 or the 14 smallest states have exactly the same, uh, you know, electoral the same number of people as as one or two of the biggest states, depending, again, which states you choose and how you do this. And yet the electoral votes total up for those small states way higher. And, you know, there are things – I've actually been playing with some numbers I'm not ready to share yet, but, you know, different ways you could make the electoral college look more like the country and still – you know, not make it so that the biggest states would have so much extra clout. That said, that'll never happen, in my opinion, or certainly not soon, because the people who are most benefited by the current system are those who uh,
1: would have to agree to change it. They'd have to give something something up.
0: Yeah, so why would I, if I was in South Dakota, want to get, be, be willing to have my vote count count the same as somebody in New York, when right now my vote counts four or five times as much as someone in New York?
1: Yeah, it's this, It's an inverse of the same reason why people on the coast don't like the Electoral College that much.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, there are, there are mathematical ways to make this so we could have our cake and eat it too, but I just don't see that happening because, and frankly, you know, when the constitution was written, you had an urbanizing North and a, uh, agricultural South. And, you know, we kind of built the constitution to make sure that neither side would ever really have an advantage over the other. Uh, we fought wars over that in the, uh, you know, in the civil war, um, and you know this country has always been a split country and was deve- developed in such a way that it should be possible to live as a split country uh if not happily comfortably and you know what troubles us some of us about this election is as an election it looks like the good old days it looks like Somebody won, they won clearly, they won the Electoral College, they won the popular vote, they won the major demographics, they they showed strong pickups in some of the important emerging demographics, uh, but we live in this crazy, you know, split country right now where uh, that democracy looks like it has for 200 years is making people nervous. Uh, or that it doesn't is making others nervous. But the fact that it looks so much like the America that this whole, our whole legal system was designed for, and that over the past, depending where you sit, four, eight, or 24 years has really shifted. Uh, so, you know, again, that's what I meant by the most interesting thing about this election is that it wasn't very interesting. It looks like elections had many, many times in the past.
1: Jim Hendler is Tetherless World Professor of Computer, Web, and Cognitive Sciences at RPI. Uh, Jim, thank you for spending all this time uh, with us, and thanks for uh, your work, appreciate it very much.
0: My pleasure, Ian, as always.
1: All right, that does it for this episode of the WAMC News Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Ian Pickus.